awesome. The mountain man, Brett. I'm never beautiful. I'm hardly a mountain man. Aww. <laughs> I think you're lovely. Welcome to the Nightmare Box. Presenting <laughs> mistakes were made. Presenting another edition of, of Two Star Tuesday! So good. That was the challenger. Um, I'm on the wrong page of my show notes, though, so excuse me. Oh. Don't excuse me for my joke about the challenger. That's what Aww. it sounded like. <laughs> That's terrible. No, you know what was terrible, though? Chernobyl. You know what was worse than Chernobyl? What? Chernobyl Diaries. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> my name is Brett Bloom, and I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the freshly straightened hair of Kristen Pennington, the Crimson Candelabra. That's, <laughs> it's a wrestling name. I'm going to do it until I can get her to wear a leotard and fight a Mexican man wearing a face mask. And we are talking today about the 2012 film Chernobyl Diaries. We're coming at you today with facts about the movie, trivia about the movie, the goods, the bads, what we may or may not have learned, and then Kristen's going to hit you with some sick-ass Chernobyl facts. What? So that's our, our game plan. I don't know if it's going to happen in that order. Uh, should we go over what Chernobyl was beforehand or just go into the film? Uh, I figured we'd do that before we got into the movie itself. Um, Chernobyl facts. Facts. Okay, facts we can facts, do that very facts, first? Facts, okay. Facts, facts. So, um, for anyone who's not familiar, for whatever reason, with what Chernobyl was, um, Chernobyl was a nuclear power plant located near the city of Pripet, I believe is how you pronounce it. I could be pronouncing that totally wrong. So I think you're pretty close. Excuse me if I'm wrong. I'm yeah. not from the anywhere film, but yeah. the south of America. In the film, <laughs> it's the town with all the white apartment buildings that they <laughs> discover fanciful wilderness in. Um... So, there was a disaster at the power plant, which occurred on April 26, 1986, and that disaster was rated a 7, which is maximum severity on the International Nuclear Event Scale. Shit. Uh, I was telling Brett as I was reading this and making notes, um, this was basically just a series of really bad luck that set this (laughs) off. I'm going to sound really smart to some of you people who know more about this than me. This is the dumbed-down version. So uh, This is the hardcore dumbed-down Wikipedia version. Yeah, I, I was jotting notes a few minutes ago. So, um, it started during a safety test that they were doing on one of the reactors. Failed that shit. Yeah. Uh, the safety test was actually a simulation of what would happen if there was an electrical power outage. Mm-hmm. Um, because they were trying to develop a procedure for how to maintain cooling water to circulate um, until the backup generators could kick yeah. on and provide power to keep the generator cool enough that there wouldn't be any issues. Problem now, was, when they turned the power off. <laughs> now, to put this in perspective, the gap between the power going out and the generators kicking on was a one-minute gap. It and sounds like nothing. Yeah. But- and that's a long enough gap that the core could overheat and the reactor could react. Yeah. <laughs> so they had done three previous tests prior to this incident hmm. that had not produced any solutions for how to solve the problem. The fourth test was delayed by 10 hours. So the shift that was prepared to do the test was not actually there to do the test. Nice. So, so just throw some random other Russian yeah, people at them. Who the... have not been preparing for this test. <laughs> for now, the past 10 hours. <laughs> now have to do it. 
And the shift operator mm. who had to fill in did not follow procedure. So, uh, the this is 1986. Yeah. This is a haphazard ass way yeah. to go about a <laughs> nuclear reactor. Uh, his failure to follow procedure created an unstable operating condition that combined with the existing flaws already current in the reactor and the fact that they intentionally disabled several of the safety features of the system to do this test Mm -hmm. resulted in an uncontrollable chain reaction. So um, what the actual event was, was a large amount of energy release that vaporized uh, the superheated cooling water. It ruptured the reactor core in a highly destructive steam explosion. Nice. Which immediately was followed by, um, you know, uh, radioactive material being released into the air. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a core fire at one of the reactors. So, uh, (laughs) this went on for uh, the contaminants being released into the air nine days, uh, which affected the USSR and Western Europe before they could finally contain it on May 4th, 1986. Jesus. Um, To try to manage uh, future problems, because... I don't yeah. know if you guys are aware of this or not, but uh, radiation doesn't go away overnight. No. They created what was caused or what was called the Chernobyl nuclear power plant sarcophagus. Um, huh. It was not finished until December of 1986, but it was placed over um, the immediate highly radiated area, and um, it is not <laughs> scheduled. Like, the nuclear cleanup is not scheduled for completion until 2065. Holy shit. So, the death toll um, didn't sound too overwhelming until you get into the long term. Yeah, well, that's how radiation (laughs) gets you. So, the initial death toll, two of the, which is incredibly small, two of the reactor staff are the only people who died in the immediate Probably the guy's going, it's getting a little warm in here, (laughs) Yurik. Yeah. Died in, <laughs> died in the immediate explosion, and then 134 firemen and station staff were hospitalized with acute radiation syndrome following the events. 28 of them died in the following months. Uh, 14 died over the next 10 years of suspected radiation-induced cancer, and then over the wider population of uh, the area. Um, sorry, lost my spot. Uh, 15 childhood thyroid cancer deaths happened. Um, that they suspected were related to the event. So, because radiation, the incubation period in your body um, before it causes cancer is so long, they periodically do studies to kind of assess what they think mm-hmm. the damage is going to be. And if they're only looking at the immediate surrounding area of the um, like population that was affected, yeah. they're estimating eventually, over time, over 4,000 people in the immediate area will die related to exposure of some kind. <laughs> And if you assess all of the continent of Europe, anywhere between 9,000 and 16,000 people will die from radiation exposure due to this one event. Yeah. So, affected a lot of people. Was this the beginning of OSHA, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, because Chernobyl was a, a real thing, and there again, if you want the full story, I think there are countless really good documentaries on exactly what happened stage by stage for this. 
But because it was a real deal thing, there are real deal charitable groups that take care of the victims and their children and stuff like that. And uh, one of the trivia facts that I was reading before we started recording this was that the guy had to defend himself a bunch to a few of these different groups that were like, this is insensitive. How dare you make this movie? It's da-da-da, it's da-da-da. And he was saying, no, I think it's a, a beautiful look at the, you know, like he was really trying to play up this film. It's and then, uh, you know how bad this movie is? A United... Oh, I stumbled over a bunch of words. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm not even reading. <laughs> I'm just talking and I just bit my own tongue there. Um... A United Kingdom children's charity group for the Chernobyl situation. I think it was all the chuz I, I anticipated they were coming. Called it a, quote, plotless mess of disaster porn. So he was like, no, it's it's going to be great. I'm getting kudos from all these other Chernobyl societies for bringing light to the issue. And oh, the one in the UK though. that takes care of kids, and it's like a non-profit. They're basically like, no, go fuck yourself. Your movie also sucks. <laughs> Shockingly did well financially, though. Fucking brilliantly. This movie got a 5 out of 10 on IMDb, which was well above what I would have given it. Mm -hmm. And uh, in Rotten Tomatoes, it got a 19% from the critics, a 28% from the audience. Which is a little more unusual. Um, We've talked about that before. It's... There's a little bit more of a gap normally between yeah. what the audience and the critics feel, and everybody just hated this film. Yeah. It was not a good film. Yeah. No, this is the <laughs> antithesis of the Scream episode that we did the other day, you know, where it was like exactly on point 79 and 79. This is 1928, and guess what? They're both right. <laughs> but this was produced by Film Nation, which they did a few other films. I, know, I think it was, um, fuck, I, I told myself I was going to remember what it was, and it's it gone. It sounds familiar. I feel like I do. They, know they, they've got a couple of big ones underneath their belt. A few Tom Hardy movies, so like they're not a tiny rinky-dink production company. Um, but they put a million dollars into this, which means anybody could fucking do it. Yep. And <laughs> at the box office, they raked in seven point nine million. So immediate, got your money back. You're good to go. Grossed thirty-seven million worldwide. I cannot wrap my mind around that. That trailer must have just really blown people's yeah. minds. Well, I think Paranormal Activity blew a lot of minds, mm-hmm. and this was brought to us by the same guy who brought us Paranormal Activity, but I didn't like that one either, so I didn't understand why that one did so I didn't mind well. the first one. Oh, that's the one he did, so yeah. Because it was, at the time, a bit more of a unique concept, mm-hmm. but then by the time you're out... 15 or however many they've done. I think it's not they, that bad. Yeah, they no, they burned the ship on the first one yeah. because all the good stuff, I'm not going all. We'll do a paranormal activity episode. But that movie got all of its good out in the first film and then they tried to hit the same exact shit over the head again. It's also, though, I feel like not a rewatchable film because I have gone back mm-hmm. and watched paranormal activity after having seen it the first time and the first viewing is really the only good viewing because. Yeah. They tease so much suspense, and the whole time you're just like, oh my god, oh my god, yeah, oh my god. and then she throws her husband's body at the camera, yeah. and that's all you've been building up to yeah. this entire film. And then if you go back and watch it, you know, later, knowing what the plot is, it's just a lot of waiting. Yeah. It's kind of like the Blair Witch. Like, 
I will forever love the Blair Witch because the marketing campaign was so genius. Fucking on point. But if you go back and try to watch the Blair Witch after you know what's going to happen, yeah. it's like, Jesus Christ, are we ever going to get to <laughs> any of the story? Like, we're just sitting here staring at your snot in the yeah, camera, lady. Like, uh, lady, I can see your tiny brain moving around inside <laughs> your nostrils. Like, uh, <laughs> can we get this uh, show on the fucking road? But Chernobyl Diaries, on the other hand, is not good even on the first viewing. No, no. Chernobyl Diaries had one moment that I... I almost pissed myself laughing. It was so <laughs> fucking funny. Uh, and outside of that, I could have passed on the entire situation. But made delicious hamburgers, watched a mm. horror movie with my girlfriend. That's how you make yourself feel better when you come home sad. <laughs> uh, this was directed by Brad Parker. And did you know Brad Parker? You knew one of the people. No. It wasn't Brad Parker. You you were naming some other shit that somebody that had worked on this film might have been. Shoot, who was it? I can't remember. Um, but it was directed by Brad Parker, and uh, trying to research more on him, I found out that he had something to do with Pulp Fiction, but it was pretty vague, and I couldn't figure out exactly what his... Oh, I knew the singer. Sorry. Oh. Uh, I couldn't figure out exactly what his uh, whole deal was. Now I'm thinking of the show we were watching the other day where you knew the actor that played the Unabomber. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, my that. gosh. A much better TV yeah. Manhunter, the Unabomber. Yeah. Definitely go watch it. With a lot of big-name actors in it. Watch that instead. Yeah, Don't watch this. Because I've started reading uh, the Unabomber's manifesto <laughs> and other writings. <laughs> <laughs> well, watch this and laugh with us and then go watch that because exactly. it's much better. Um. So Brad Parker did this. He had something to do with Pulp Fiction. I, I couldn't figure out exactly what his role was there. Um, and that's about all I have to say about that. Do you got a synopsis? Uh, or do we do characters first? I didn't... Yeah, let's do characters first. Okay. Because I think that's usually how we do it. Yeah. We're still a little rusty at this. Well, Hang in there. We're getting back to it. So <laughs> the, the main couple, if I know... Yeah, the main couple is Chris, who's played by Jesse McCartney. Who, if that sounds familiar to you, I can't remember if it was late 90s or early 2000s. He early was that, 2000s. He was that singer who put out that song, Beautiful Soul. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but you may also know him from the voice of Theodore in the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies. And <laughs> yeah, you're definitely going to know that over his song. <laughs> I saw your thunder. But I forgot he said he did that. <laughs> but, it's, but it's Chris and Natalie. They're the main couple that's going over there to get engaged in Chernobyl for some dumb reason. Uh, the other couple in this film is Michael and Zoe. They are our quote-unquote Australian backpackers. Uh, <laughs> who have uh, situational accents. Super situational accents. Like, <laughs> they don't become Australian until three quarters of the way through the fucking movie. And I was like, oh yeah, he's supposed to be Australian. <laughs> um, you've got Amanda, who I think was tit shirt. No, that was actually Natalie. Natalie was tit shirt? Yeah. Why was she? Beyonce was tit shirt. Why was she tit shirt? I don't know. She just was. Well, then we got Amanda, and I think I'm missing one of the girls. No, I've got them all. Yeah, there So were. Amanda's the brunette? Mm-hmm. Cool. I think she's just a friend. I don't think she's related to any of these people. But then there's Paul. Then there is Paul. And uh, you guys 
probably don't know Paul, but I recognized him almost immediately. His name is Jonathan Sadowski, and if you're familiar with the classic film Live Free or Die Hard, which is uh, one of the Die Hard films, just in (laughs) case you didn't catch that, he is on the bad guy's team in that movie. He is their hacker um, who comes up with the crazy cool like 4th of July montage scene like right before everything goes off and they shut the, you know, the fucking street lights out and all that other madness. That's also a better movie. Yeah, live Free, Die Hard. Yeah, no. Uh, Chernobyl Diaries could start tonight and spend the rest of its life sucking its own dick. It will never be as good <laughs> as Live Free or Die Hard. And then our remaining character is Yuri. Yuri, whose uh, actor's name um, I, I searched and discovered that he is known for playing other strange Russian people in other films. <laughs> it's always like Russian suitor, <laughs> Russian cab driver, Russian guy in suit. Yeah. <laughs> World's worst Russian Russian special forces agent. Yuri, if you're wondering, as far as I know, is not from Russia because his IMDb says he's from California. <laughs> Which is weird that he would get all the Russian roles. They were. In Hungary. They could have found some people. They could have. (laughs) Uh, Side note for Paul, which you don't find out until like midway through the movie, Paul is actually Chris's brother. Oh, I thought that was established like early in. Did they? When they go and they meet him and then it's like how they pick him up and bring him along. Maybe they... I'm confused as to how Paul wound up getting there with them at the same time. though. No telling. No, they were going to Moscow. They stopped... I don't know I what the Paul, fuck happened in this movie. Yeah, that's my main complaint. I don't know what this movie... I don't know what's happening in this whole movie. I think Paul lives there, and they were going to visit him there. Huh. Because he made a comment about the fact that he... Because they were like asking him what his plans were, and he was like, oh, I'm never leaving. So I think yeah. Paul lives there. I, if they established earlier that the two of them were related, I did not catch it, because at a quote-unquote climactic moment, I was like, wait a minute, they're brothers? <laughs> <laughs> so... They seem like like <laughs> Paul was his shitty friend. Like, that's, that's what good. I thought. That's, yeah, that's definitely what I thought. I thought he was just that shitty yeah. um, hangover friend yeah. who gets you in trouble. I was going to say, you might also recognize Paul from The Hangover, <laughs> but you would be wrong because not only is his character the same, but they basically got a dude, kind of like the lookalike of Johnny Depp. They got the dude to look like, is it Bradley Cooper? Yes, that's yeah. his name. That's his name. I, for the life of me, cannot remember his name. Yes. <laughs> Yes, this is poor man's Bradley Cooper. Do <laughs> you want to do a, a brief synopsis? Um, yeah, I didn't write one down, but I can give you kind of a basic idea. So the concept is um, this group of friends are, you know, basically doing the whole backpack in a foreign country yeah. type thing. And then uh, one of them gets the bright idea like, hey, you want to do a high risk tour in some area? Let's go check out Chernobyl. There's the sketchy Russian yeah. dude who'll take us in the van. <laughs> I met this guy at three so. o'clock in the morning after we were out all night drinking. He says he could take me past the guard point. Yeah. So uh, Yuri essentially sneaks them into Chernobyl so that they can go yeah. tour the city because it's called extreme tourism. So uh, it doesn't go well, you doesn't, know, doesn't as these well things well. don't. Uh, fun fact, the film, which Brett mentioned that, I think, already in passing, the film was uh, shot in Serbia and Hungary. Hungary. Sorry. No, you're fine. I, I thought of something that I needed to get done. <laughs> Are we getting into the good, the bad, and the ugly? Well, I've got some trivia Ooh. real quick. Oh, yeah. 
which uh, I've only got like three bits here, and I already covered one, so I've only actually got two bits here. Um, one was that it was shot um, on location in Hungary and Serbia. It was actually shot at Priopat or whatever, whatever that is. So they were actually in that area when they did the shooting of the movie. I didn't believe it. I was convinced that most of that was CGI. Like I, when we were watching it. Yeah, you said they, the, the, the Ferris big Ferris wheel. wheel. I was like, that, that is, no. What is I can't this? blame you after what happened later, but I was a little confused. I was like, it looks real to me. <laughs> but what happened later will have you wondering if any of it's real. And my other bit was that you can do a real tour of Pripot or Priapiat or however we've chosen to pronounce this, and Chernobyl uh, for less than a hundred U.S. dollars. So you can go there and get radiation poisoning for less than a good night at the bar of the adjacent town. Um, I think you can't go into the incident area, um, but yeah. the town you can go into the area. Yeah. Has low enough radiation. Like less than one microiobopipidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopidopid
I think. They had several locations listed, and I think one of them was an old World War II uh, base of some sort. That's right. We were talking about it last night, right? And you were telling me that they they closed the base down, and then they were using that, and then we got in this weird conversation about... Yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of weird conversations in the middle of this movie. This movie was not very captivating. No. We were talking over dialogue. There were just points where I'm like, I don't care what he's saying. What the fuck is he you, doing? You literally wandered off to go use the bathroom, and you're like, you yeah. don't have to pause it. I'm not missing <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go take a leak. Do not prolong this. <clears throat> mm. um, my first good is at the scene where Yuri takes him to the river. And we get what is a attempt at a double jump. And I, I had to list it as a good because I, I was like, I have to, you know, like if they, here's my theory. Like I paused it and I was like, okay, here's what's going to happen. They're going to get you with the humor scare. It's going to drop the board and then they're going to hit you with an over the top scare and everybody's going to be good. But they fucked up the over the top scare and didn't let the humor so breathe. Weak. Yeah. But just the attempt made me so happy. I was like, okay, they're not just going to hit you with a cheap. All right. Now Yuri's dead you know, fuck up right there. They they went with that, oh, relax the audience. But at no point did it really swell or fall, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to do that, you have to execute it brilliantly. But I will put the attempt at the double <laughs> jump. They've, the um, weird mutated fish. Yeah. They, <laughs> so many goddamn horror films have nailed that perfectly, where you're like, oh, God, oh, thank Christ. Holy fuck, you know. <laughs> If you can jar an audience like that, you're mm-hmm. in for a fucking ride. And you can tell, you know, uh, throughout this film that what they were aiming for was just, like, not quite there. Like, it was just poorly executed in moments, especially, you know, as seen there, if, mm-hmm. if we're going to talk learning curve. but uh, Yeah, that was, I think, the top criticism like whenever i checked out the rotten tomatoes originally that the idea was there but the execution just flopped (laughs) just completely shot to shit like somebody sat there and said we need a double jump that'll pull them in and then they were like okay i got an idea the fish is gonna gasp and it's like no dude i need the fish to be 10 feet fucking long and just (laughs) jack yuri off that goddamn riverbank (laughs) that scene threw me off though because the fish looks so weird like it looks like this weird mutated maybe piranha thing that has no scales it's all just weird flesh and i was like why is nobody questioning why the fish looks that way and because he just played a prank on us with the tiny fish then we're just sitting there going is that a is that a prank too yuri nobody seems concerned (laughs) about the radioactive fish that we all just encountered well like i said earlier yuri brings a geiger counter to the location he's like no we just gotta check periodically Make sure we don't go into the areas that are too high yeah. radiation. I'd be like, yo, Yuri, why does the fish look that way, man? <laughs> yo, why is the fish <laughs> fucked up, my guy? You just stuck your hand in that river. Nobody <laughs> questions it. <laughs> but anyway, we're still technically in the good. <laughs> they were hard to come by. Um, there were some relatively pretty shots uh there's a school bus that's been shot up and um they go inside the school bus and you can see the light shining in through all the bullet holes and um you know the air looks all dusty and everything and it looked really neat and then the insides of the abandoned buildings all i will say um i mean i guess if they were shooting on location they didn't really have to dress that up any but um like all of the buildings where the furniture is just kind of strewn around and 
the wallpapers peeling off the walls, yeah. it all looked like believably like an old abandoned city. But you so. better not touch that watch. Yeah, that was weird. I forgot about that. I feel like all our goods are going to be, you know, 50-50s. Because speaking of that, the wallpaper on the wall, it's like, don't touch that watch. It's radiated. While he's saying that, he is leaning against the wall. <laughs> well, it doesn't make any sense, period. Because his... So we touched all these doorknobs. We've been touching shit since we got here. Yuri, what the fuck do you mean I can't take the Yeah, his argument home. for that is if you take the watch home, he's like, all oh, these people came and looted the city and took stuff with them. And then they got radiation poisoning and got sick and all this stuff like that it's like so we're just in here breathing the air that this stuff's sitting in like Yuri that's not how that works (laughs) Yuri are you still drunk from last night (laughs) that's in my bats His goods are going yeah, down no, the, hard. The, the wallpaper was a brilliant move, though, because it really made it look aged. It made it look abandoned. And, you mm-hmm. know, even if they were directly on location shooting in the actual abandoned area, um, finding the perfect room for that has to be a chore. And getting the angle right so you really catch those shadows and stuff, that was really well done. I can't take anything away from, uh, is it the DP? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that mean for the uh, director of photography? Yeah, not double penetration. <laughs> That's not how you spend your lunch break unless you're Weinstein. Because <laughs> he's in prison, getting fucked in the mouth and the butt. <laughs> uh, the DP is the director of photography. Director of uh, photography. Uh, I can't take anything away from whoever was doing that for sure, because all the shots were really pretty. Some of the shots did look weirdly stripped of color, though. There were yeah. a few times where we were like, I can't tell if it's shot in black and white or if the color that is was just really so strange. muted. Yeah, it's like, could we not get a night shoot in this town? Like, we had to shoot it during the day and then just reverse the contrast because there is that one scene that really stood out where I was like, that shirt is color corrected. That is not the same mm-hmm. color shirt that he was wearing a minute ago. Yeah, there were a couple of instances where the coloring was really weird. Mm-hmm. Like, all the color was like pulled out and it legit looked like it might have been in black and white. Yeah, it was so. shooting for like a Twilight Zone, like Sin City feel in the middle of the movie for like next to no reason. But we can't keep kicking them in the nuts while we're trying to give them compliments. Uh, I mean, we can. It's fun. I feel like we're going to. <laughs> <laughs> because my second good, you know what this film has, Kristen, that not enough films these days have, Kristen? What? A motherfucking radioactive bear. It's in my goods. Why is that in your goods? It's in my goods. Why is that? Because it was hilarious, and I almost pissed myself when that came running out of the room. I was doubled down. I missed a good portion of this movie just (laughs) laughing at the CGI'd radioactive bear. I came running out like the boulder in Indiana Jones. didn't acknowledge anybody there was no other wildlife they didn't run away from the bear they, they were defend dogs later yeah that's the only other wildlife. well they, they ran away from the dogs but like the bear was in the building with them and they were just walking out of the building laughing their ass off like hey we almost got killed by that fucking bear that's living in the apartment and it never shows up again the whole time they're never shows the up city. you never see the bear again no it's... you just get a quick cgi glimpse of like this ghost of a bear running through the hallway the most ridiculous jump scare i have ever seen in my life <laughs> and it's not just like a. You see the bear charging down the hallway. They do that initial jump scare of the bear charging down the hallway at you. 
And then they switch perspective, and you see from the side the bear charging away down yeah. the hallway. And I was just like, hey, what? Where's the bear running? Where's it? What's it running from? Where's its mother? That bear is too small. It didn't even kind of look real. <laughs> it looked like the ghost of a bear. Like, if I was making a shitty bear ghost film, that would be, that would be it. That's Bear Grylls' father. And they're all, like, freaking out, running down the buildings. So they're like, oh, my God, we got to get away from this bear. And then they get out on the street, and they're, like, yelling and talking really loudly and just laughing and strolling down. Like, hey, we almost got killed by a fucking radioactive black bear. <laughs> oh. Where's Nermaganade off when we need him? And then they show, before they go into that building, I think, I think it's before they go into that same building, this skeletal, like, emaciated dog just laying there. And he's like, oh, I guess it was starving. Well, the bear looks like he's been eating good. Exactly. Looks like he's been doing dandy. Why'd you have to push the door in? Did the bear close the door behind him? Is that what is going on in this film? Anyway, what's your next good? They're so fucking silly. Fucking bear. Um, Where was the rest of the wildlife in the area? You had a bear and a pack of dogs. Are there nothing else? What if the dog's been living on this whole time? Exactly. Apparently, um, guards and <laughs> extreme tourism. Checks. <laughs> what have you been living on this whole time, you CGI dog that I, I add for After Effect? Uh, my next good is the intro sequence. Um, was sort of that like... Brilliant. Found yeah. footage esque, and it was like a travel. And like it legitimately looked like if you and I went, you know, backpacking mm-hmm. across some foreign country and brought a camera and we're just shooting a bunch of shit of us being all touristy. Yeah, that's like all it, my goods as well is that they they're like a believable tourist group yeah. in that opening. And like sequence. that's the only scene I feel like in the whole movie where they seem believably like friends or in a relationship yeah. or anything the chemistry is so good there and then the whole rest of the movie i'm like i did not buy that chris and natalie were dating at all they probably <laughs> shot that at the end of the shooting they were like all right now we need to do the intro now that you guys are all comfortable with each other and it's now they're the, like dancing and like making jokes and you know <laughs> shoving each other time. off like ledges and shit. Yeah. like it, it was very well done very well done montage even though we lose the found footage feature for the remainder of the movie well, I didn't like the fact that they then transitioned from that into him watching it on a tablet. It was like, you're watching it on the screen, like, we're literally yeah. watching it, and then it transitions into this tablet he's holding, and I was like, I didn't like that that move from... It just made it seem, like, campy. Yeah, like it, it jumped it around too much. Mm-hmm. Like It should have zoomed out. <sighs> Pro move. Should have zoomed out instead of in a tablet into what's her nuts? Is it Amanda's camera? Yeah, and why was that camera fucking relevant? They, it's the camera oh. was relevant for a plot point. We'll get to the bats. No, but we'll it's get like, to no, the bats. But it's like we'll get to the bats. <laughs> no, what were you gonna say? I was just saying it's like that fucking movie. Was it Mara? Yeah, where she's always got that damn. And she's camera. always got like half her and, hand in front of the lens. Well, <laughs> the camera is only important until they use that stupid jump scare mm-hmm. where she took the picture and the. The Mara chick is now in the picture, and then the camera's gone for the it's whole obsolete. rest of the movie. That is exactly what happened in this movie. We've got, if nothing else, on mistakes were made, 
Two Star Tuesday edition. We've learned that you need to kill the phone, and if you're going to bring a fucking camera to the show, make the camera matter throughout the whole fucking yeah. movie. It's not your checkoff gun. It, it's a cheap jump scare, and I know it's going to come. Either you're going to flash in a closet, like in, you know, woo, now there's the monster and a, you know, a strobe light or some shit. Or you're going to piss us off like this. Well, if you're going to make it so prevalent, don't just drop it off out of nowhere. Because even in the scene where they're at the water, she drops the camera and it rolls down the hill. And I thought they were going to yeah. like do a jump scare there with her. Like They kept showing the camera constantly until it served its fe- uh, purpose and then they were done with it. Served its purpose? Well, we'll bring the camera back up, love. I love you. You're not mad at me. No. You're mad at Brad Parker. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not mad at you at all. This film is just stupid. (laughs) What's your next cook? Uh, So I covered one of mine while you were covering yours. I actually just thought of it while you were talking about the camera. That's what I was in the middle of writing down. So um, that is a very stereotypical feature that B-horror films use where the flashing lights or the flashlight dies or whatever and then there's a jump scare the flashlight does die at one point when they're roaming around and I was like for sure that flashlight's gonna come back on and there's gonna be a jump scare and they did not they walked into just this really cool abandoned underground area and I was like alright alright solid move I thought you were gonna try to trick me there and you did not Um, my next good is also a I called it moment, but I got it right, son. Are we talking about the ending? Yeah. 30 minutes into the movie, I was basically like, the guards are going to shoot, if not all of them. Somebody's going to die. Like, they're going to walk <laughs> out and get killed. And I called Paul's death like a motherfucker. I like sunk it. I was like, they're both dead. I get one point. If one of them dies, I get half a point. I just started creating a game out of this film. And sure as shit, just as I said, they're radioactive. They walk out to the guard post. He gets gunned down by the goddamn guard. If it weren't for the flesh-eating radiation, Paul definitely had the best death. Because I'd rather go out shot in the heart than being eaten alive. Oh, 100%. But he also was flesh-melting for a minute there. So maybe that part wasn't fun. The whole getting shot by somebody yelling at you in a language you don't understand. No, that would... Uh, is the gun on your goods? I don't want to huh? steal your thunder. Is the gun on your goods? Uh, it, it's a partial, but you go for it. Uh, the gun did run out of ammo. The gun ran out of ammo within magazine range because the second that the gun got fired, I started counting bullets and he, he got, what, nine? And I might have missed the first shot. So I was trying to count. I was like, that gun is an XD-45, if I remember correctly. And I was like, that has a 10-round magazine. Mm -hmm. And so I started counting the shots that he was firing. And whatever it was, it was one less than whatever the magazine would have handled. And I was like, pro move. They didn't sit there and just fucking start squeezing it like it's a machine gun. They acknowledged that they have one magazine. (laughs) I was surprised by that, actually, because, yeah, that's not normally the case. They usually have either unlimited ammo or an excess of ammo. That is definitely not a realistic amount. No, it's a pro move, especially in a horror movie, because you know that had to have come up while they were writing it. Like, every shot has to matter, and it has to be this specific gun. Um... But how that gun is handled by the special forces guy is in my bad. So (laughs) uh, my next good is my last good, I think, is I love the ending of this film. However, I feel that it 
could have lasted the whole, you know, it could have just been the last third of the movie. Like, there was a lot of fat in this thing that they could have cut off. The ending like, dragged yeah. a lot. Oh, the very end. Oh, sorry, the beginning. The beginning dragged. Yeah. Like, they could have cut a lot of fat out of this thing to where Paul dies about two-thirds of the way through. She's taken prisoner by these scientists, and then you have maybe the perfect ending for this fucking movie. But I loved that, like, she's brought in. It looks like she's in a hospital. It looks like she's going to be taken care of. Then it looks like they're going to do experiments on her to, like, test to see how she survived. And then they just feed her to the fucking zombies. That makes sense to me. Like, you would think they would want to, if they're so worried like, these about... these are all our escaped patients. And then they just throw her in the room and it's well, over. They're so worried about tracking down all of them. They're like, yeah, we rounded them all back up. You know, you'd think they'd want to keep her too. So you'd think you'd just keep her separated till the radiation turned her into one. Yeah. So they wouldn't you, eat her. That's a good point. They could have just thrown her back in a truck and driven her right back into the radiator. Yeah, because they were all like... Well, like, we... you survived more than anybody else has survived. And it's like, well, she's an ex-woman. Like, fucking... <laughs> well, they were like, we can't let her go. She's seen them, but they seem to value having them. So I'd be like, one more. Toss her in the reactor. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't... I guess the zombie people have to eat something, so maybe that that saved them having to round up the bear. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go fight the bear, the pack of German shepherds. It's like, why are you guys not like eradicating uh, the animals? Why the fuck is happening here? Um, I have <clears throat> one more good. Let me make sure. Kristen's Kristen's last good. Um, the acting was not great, and that's definitely on my bad list. But um, Zoe, the hitchhiker, traveler, Austra- whatever they were, the Australian yeah. chick. Good night, mate. Um, <laughs> traffic agrees with. I you. swear to Christ, we had a guy in the old apartment who used to drive by every time we recorded. We Jacks would drink water, and then that guy would drive by, and it was like, well, now everything's happened, and now we have acquired a new guy that drives by. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little funny. It's the past three episodes he's showed up. Outside of that, you can't hear the traffic here at all. Like, you can hear the traffic a little bit in our bedroom at peak times, but, like, where we're recording from, you cannot hear any traffic. It's fucking mad. So that that is insane that that has happened more than once. <laughs> um, but Zoe, uh, when her boyfriend Michael dies... Um, I had a pretty believable breakdown. Like, I was like, all right. Completely like, I, lost her shit. Yeah, like, yeah. She is the only one, and uh, that'll bleed into one of my bads, who... We can go right into it, so I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, We're walking gonna, into the bads, I'm, team. I'm gonna, Welcome uh, to the nightmare bleeds. <laughs> I'm going to walk this good right into a bad, because um, Zoe had a very intense, believable reaction to the man that she loved dying a horrible death, being eaten alive. Yeah. And, um... At no point in this film, anywhere else, did anybody seem too terribly tore up except for when Zoe died. And Zoe is a stranger to these people. Yeah, they don't know her. But they were real tore they up when They walked Zoe died. into a nuclear reactor <laughs> to go look at her dead body. Paul's brother died and he was a, he was a little upset, but he wasn't Zoe's level of yeah. upset. Um, who Natalie, was the guy who they just were like, well, fuck you then and like left him to die? That was Zoe's boyfriend, Michael. Yeah. They just, they literally... They killed Michael. They literally closed the door yeah. on him. And You're just out of bullets him. and you're half a foot behind me, but go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so he has like an intense meltdown, sobbing, can't walk anymore. And uh, yeah, Paul isn't that upset whenever his brother dies. I'm no. assuming Amanda or whatever her name was and Natalie are pretty decent friends. Nobody's that tore up when Natalie dies. <laughs> like they do try to find them, but they're not like, oh my God. Half, and then, the, half the movie, they're still laughing. And then when Zoe fucking dies. The whole the, goddamn thing comes apart. Some Australian is, hag backpacker. Is her name Amanda? Is the brunette's chick Amanda? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So when Zoe dies, the only two people left are Paul and Amanda, and they both just lose their fucking shit crying over yeah. Zoe. I was like, she was a stranger to you. You like, met her in the tourist office <laughs> when you met Yuri. You just found Yuri disemboweled outside, and nobody cried about Yuri. You guys collected his gun, picked up his Geiger counter. He was in 15 different fucking pieces. <laughs> you didn't even question what the fuck happened to Yuri. And, like... Their literal loved ones are dead, and they're just like, all right, but Zoe! Goddamn Zoe! I don't know. The acting. acting. (laughs) Not great. Goddamn. My first bad is, um, who the fuck is Yuri trying to raise on the radio? Thank you, that's not my bad too. Yuri goes... I don't have partner. I work alone. Yuri has three radios in his van. None of them are the same radio. None of them communicate with the no. other radios. No, because they do find the one radio and it connects to the radio that Yuri is carrying. I'm yeah. like, is Yuri literally just calling his own van? Yeah. Like, what Who is, Yuri, is Yuri? Why does Yuri have a second radio if Yuri always works alone? Yeah. and the radio... Why would he call the guards? Why would he do that? And they never established that. Who was Yuri calling? And Yuri's calling in Russian, so yeah. we don't even know what Yuri's He's saying. He's like, please help me. It's completely fucked out here. And then like, it's like, dude, you're... You, you, you. It's like... When you see somebody walking by that you know is like not actually talking to anybody on their cell phone, they're just doing the cell phone pretend to talk thing. Like, that was Yuri's whole approach to his emergency <laughs> radio system. Because they, they find a, a secondary radio in the van, and all yeah. that radios is Yuri's radio. Yeah, a great way to get around the cell phone issue. <laughs> Which, uh, they don't have service in this area conveniently. Which that may be true to Chernobyl. I don't know. Maybe you don't have cell phone service there, but they conveniently don't have cell phone service there. Yuri also didn't have a partner, but he had a lot of radios. Yeah. Dude had a lot of means communication to talk to himself. Yes, I had a really... Uh, I don't know when this film is technically supposed to be set, but a really... And again, it's in a foreign country. Maybe that's common. Uh, outdated, like, Motorola-esque phone. And they all pose for a picture. And he takes the picture yeah. with his phone just instead co- of the camera. Completely ignoring Amanda's, like, $3,000 <laughs> yeah. fucking camera. He takes it with his little phone there. and they add a little click. So, you know, he's pushed the button. It's like, that phone wouldn't have made that sound. No, that would not have made that sound. Get off of your fucking razor. Leave it alone. <laughs> uh, we've already covered the drifting in and out of accents. That was one of my bads. Um... We can pinpoint how fucking horrific it was. They were Australian when you meet them. Then they fall into full-blown American. And then they become Australian again. <laughs> when they fall in the then water, they die they as Americans. Do what? I said when they fell in the water, they were Australian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crikey! Oh, no, the stingray's gonna kill me! Aww. Too far. Oh, shit. Was there a famous Australian who was killed by a stingray? <laughs> <laughs> What's your next bad? <laughs> to what? What's your next bad? Um, my favorite part 
of um, the medical training I've received in the military mm. was uh, laying the proper tourniquet. I prided myself on it. I was like, this is real deal, you know, life or death. You could do this with a belt or a piece of string. Um, and at no point was I informed that you were supposed to took the tourniquet. <laughs> at no point was I informed that you were supposed to put the tourniquet um, two inches below the bleeding artery. <laughs> and at no point did anybody ever explain to me that with your artery ripped out of your goddamn leg, you can go on to live for another day and a half with next to no problems. To be fair, he had two wounds, so she did, you know, I mean, one of them was good. The one wound. Yeah. <laughs> but the big artery doesn't run into your calf. I would have been way more concerned with the thigh. <laughs> I think that's the part that doesn't make sense is, uh, she only... Like she tied off in the middle of the wounds. Yeah. No, dude, you're just going to be a thigh up amputee. Like that's going to be your problem. But you're not going to die via radioactive dog bite. Which I thought was a gunshot for a solid half hour. I thought Yuri shot him in the leg twice. And I was like, that that's cool. Where the fuck did Yuri go? Is Yuri leading all these people in here to be fed to the zombies? That would be a really interesting way to make this movie. And I'm like, that didn't happen either. <laughs> Yuri was just a shithead. Yuri, who was special forces. Yeah. To our friends and family out there, if you need to apply a tourniquet two to four inches above the wound, above the wound, if you put it below the wound, they're still going to bleed out of the wound. (laughs) Over the top of your pretty little tourniquet, and they are going to die. (laughs) So don't do that. (laughs) Nailed the ammo. Fucked up the tourniquet. (laughs) But yes, our, our dear Yuri was special forces, and he was the first to go. Yeah, he was really was not very good. No, my dad was special forces. My dad did not walk around to get his morning coffee that slow. This guy was like clearing a building like at a at snail's pace, and I was like, "No, dude, that's not what we do. Rush the goddamn source. <laughs> Why are you the most scared?" <laughs> Fucking Yuri. Um, speaking of our our dearly departed uh, Chris, though the one who. Should have died bleeding to death, but died otherwise. Yeah. Um, the skinnier of the two, by the way, between him and Yuri, he was not the one picked off by dogs. He could run faster. Yuri was armed. He had less muscle holding him back. He could run faster. <laughs> um, maybe this is sexist of me, but I take a little offense to the fact that his fiance, who he loves oh so much, uh, voluntarily... Stayed with him, which kudos to her. You know, if you were yeah. stuck in a van all by your lonesome bleeding out, I would, I've worked in a hospital, put the tourniquet in the right place and also stay with you um, in case you passed out, you know, and I could aim terribly at the <laughs> stuff I was supposed to shoot because I was not special forces. Um, Me either. <laughs> um but uh, I feel like we'd have the exact same reaction, except I would be better with the gun. <laughs> I would be better with the tourniquet. I'd be like, I'm also going to hang out in the van if you get your leg ripped off, but I, I, I'm i going to know how to kill whatever's on the other. Yeah, I <laughs> and I, I'm not mad that Natalie stayed, because even if you told me to yeah. leave, I'd be like, no, fuck you, I'm staying. But Chris didn't even once be like, baby, go. I don't want you to, yeah. you know, get eaten alive by rabid dogs either. Like, at no point did he, like, try to be selfless yeah. in that moment. He was like, well, of course you're going to stay yeah. with me. <laughs> so uh, maybe a little sexist of me, but that isn't my bad that he didn't even... It's like that little 
battle when you go and out to dinner, the, yeah. you you take turns offering to pay the check. Like he should have been like, okay, but you go, yeah. you know. And none of the other guys offered to stay to help defend yeah. the dude who was bleeding out in the back of the fucking van. They left the random blonde girl with the gun who clearly forgot she yeah. even had a gun no. to begin with because it didn't come back into play until she was dead, dead. No. And it, it, oh, wait, no, she was. They thought she was dead. She was still alive. I don't understand. But, you know, like, again, they were only. 12 to 13 miles away from the checkpoint. They were in Chernobyl for two fucking days. I think that's the most infuriating thing. If you walked... What's the math on that? If you walked one mile every two hours, you would have got to the fucking checkpoint. Well, they make you do that um, thing in middle school, or at least they made me do it anyway, where you have... It's either 45 minutes or an hour to get a mile done. And if you don't get it done in the allotted time, they make you do it again. So I have can... jogged 15 miles. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> easily, easily. Like, if you're literally just, like, slow rolling, knock out a mile in an hour. So yeah, if you're walking, you're good. Yeah. My mom, wa- my mom is in her mid to late 50s. She walked 10 miles the other day. She posted up on Facebook about it. Was super proud of herself. But Yuri's all like... This is a crowd of college kids. You guys can make it. You'll be fine. (laughs) Yuri's all like, well, you can't travel at night. But he doesn't seem to think the daytime's too sketchy. So it's like, why did at no point at least a couple of you be like, well, we'll go jog back and get help? (laughs) We'll we'll get out of here. Why not, uh, I don't know, lay on the fucking horn. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, I guess we haven't brought that up. The van, the cords are conveniently destroyed somehow. Something that is either the alternator or the carburetor. I couldn't tell what it was that he pulled out of the center console of the van. (laughs) It's like, oh, shit, something climbed in here and only ate these cords. I wonder how it got through the door. Ah, fuck me, it's a Russian van. The van is my, um... Next infuriating thing. Um, the cords get conveniently chewed through, so we, we do that cheesy... The zombievers are back again. <laughs> we, we do that cheesy tactic of, oh my god, they cut the phone lines. They go find replacement cords, radio over the radio. Hey guys, we're coming back. We found replacement cords. They come back. The van is fucking upside down and essentially <laughs> gutted. Like, the van yeah, looks gutted, like... Gutted, it's blown out. Yeah, Yeah, it looks like somebody took this thing to a chop shop and the only thing left is the framework. Yeah. Like, I, like twice in a row. What did that? Dogs? Did dogs do that to this van? We may never know. They never explained what the fuck happened to the van. And the thing that's so maddening about this movie is they tease you into thinking the whole film that these are the ghosts of yeah. the victims of Chernobyl. So I'm thinking especially considering it was from the people of paranormal activity like these are little ghosts running around you get the little creepy ghost child from the back who then conveniently vanishes and you get the snatched down the stairs you know all paranormal like that was that was way too paranormal activity for me you fucking get a weird homage to jurassic park where she's hiding in the kitchen (laughs) i fucking forgot about that She was one step away from, like, pulling that little yes. aluminum door down. Yes. <laughs> like, it is literally a scene from Jurassic Park where she's 
she dives over the, you know, <laughs> kitchen cabinets or whatever, and she's hiding behind it, but she can peek around and see the weird silhouette in the background doing shit. And, like, the way they move, the way they breathe, everything, they lead you to think these are fucking ghosts. Because how irresponsible can you be running a facility to let that many of your patients yeah. loose on accident? And only have two guards working the checkpoint. <laughs> motherfuckers are flooding out of the woodwork everywhere so it's like oh like these are clearly weird ghost children wanting revenge and that's how the van got flipped and gutted these are zombies essentially zombies what was that uh fucking stupid ass movie we watched that you bought that was a sequel where the dude was like underground with the girl and it was like are there aliens or is he a psychopath oh um shoot Cloverfield. Yes, Cloverfield Lane. Uh, I think it is just Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, I think there's an address, but I've, yeah. I've forgotten it. Um, that's what that reminded me of. It was a good movie outside of the tail end, though. Well, the tail that end. That movie was well, much really like good this. Like when you start questioning the end of this film, the whole film, if it hadn't already fallen apart, the first ten minutes completely fucking falls apart upon questioning. I'm not, not going to go on another rant about that movie. But <laughs> it made you so mad. It did, because I was like, there's a brilliant way to execute this. Did they go the brilliant route with the plot? It's like, no, they went the stupid fucking route with the plot. But when you point it out, exactly. There are only two goddamn guards. There's thousands of these well, fucking the, zombie those things. Those are just the people guarding so you don't go into the area. There were all those like doctors and whatever at the facility, but... But none of them are riding around in the back of pickup trucks fucking gunning down yeah, zombies. Yeah, no. And it's like, how, how irresponsible can you be with your weird mutated radiation zombies that that many get loose? They're like, oh, what about the the patients? They called them the patients. Like, oh, we rounded them all up. It's like, oh, fucking what, 200 of them? <laughs> like, what were you doing? Without a single gunshot in the past 48 hours? <sighs> and, like, they never elaborate on what's going on. Like... Patients what? Like, are you, are you experimenting? Or... You're trying to save them? Yeah, like, what the, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. You guys are not I Am Legend. Quit trying to be. <sighs> like, why are they... Because literally, what are you doing? Are Are you trying to cure them? Are you trying to weaponize them? Are you studying them? Yeah, like, I don't understand at all what was the purpose. I don't understand. <sighs> infuriating this movie was terrible you know how terrible it is after a long night drinking right before they meet yuri everybody wakes up hair is brilliant makeup (laughs) fantastic of course i'd like to spend the next two days in chernobyl said tit shirt with that weird back arch that she held for an entire scene she's like let me push my a cups out this (laughs) way nobody is that happy after a drinking binge until four o'clock in the morning at breakfast Nobody is that well put together. Hey, Kristen, you want to go to Chernobyl? I'd rather be dead. I I don't care about Yuri. Yeah. And then also, uh, their first night in the van, uh, we're assuming they stayed up all night. So these people have been awake for a very long time. Days. Still look fine. Look great. Don't even look tired. 
Even when they find Natalie randomly screaming in some dark corner because you need that jump scare. Natalie's, oh, surprise, alive, even though everyone else has been ripped to shreds. <laughs> um, she still looks relatively decent. Like, she's a little disheveled at that point, but still pretty put together for having been abducted. Because you get that on footage. They conveniently yeah. had the cell phone running and you can see the, her being scooped Is it the up. camera or the cell phone? I can't remember. It was being recorded on something. You conveniently see her being tossed around in this van while she's still No, no, don't carry me away! And then, yeah, chucked over somebody's shoulder and carried away, and somehow she survived all of that and still looked pretty put together (laughs) and wasn't bleeding or scratched up or anything. Fucking stupid. You got another one? Uh, Hit them all. Speaking of cameras and recorders and stuff like that that is the only time that camera becomes relevant and she doesn't even fucking tell anybody she takes pictures of the building weirdly randomly decides after yeah. i think was Yuri's it after they attacked. found the van or was it after yuri yeah she yeah, just pulls after... her camera out and was like oh yeah that dark shadowy figure in yeah, the window no it's after yuri dies so they still have the van but she just pulls out her camera starts looking at her photos and there's a humanoid shape in one of the windows that she doesn't tell anyone about. She just puts the camera back up. She went. She's been taking pictures. She's probably got thousands of pictures. If she takes pictures at half the rate that you take <laughs> pictures, she has thousands of pictures from this trip, from all different angles and shit. She lands directly on it in the middle of this action scene, and then is like, "Oh God, what's that in the corner? Holy fuck, it's a bad guy!" And then that's what the camera's purpose was. That was it. Mm. And I like. If she realized she took a photo of something in the window, why would she not have then at that moment been like, hey, guys. Hey, guys, you remember that fucking bear? I think I figured out what it was running away from. (laughs) (laughs) If you and I went to a place that, like, had any potential to be anything remotely haunted, I'd be like, ah, shit, Brett, look at this. Yeah, hey, I found a ghost. (laughs) Or a zombie, because ghosts would have been cooler and you got to ruin the film, you know? So I've only got one more bad. How many more you got? I think we've blown through all of mine. I, I had a frustrated rant and blew <laughs> through a bunch of them. My last bad is this movie feels like I'm watching somebody who's really bad at survival games play a really bad survival <laughs> game. Like this looks like if somebody had Resident Evil like part 37, but it was like written by like, I was going to use a, a whole string of really aggressive words right there. Let me bring it back. If it was um, written by an idiot and uh, played by an idiot (laughs) and that idiot had an audience of idiots who were constantly cheering him on to make idiot decisions, that is what I would imagine this video game would look like. like. Like, oh God, we need to go. Find a part to get the van to go. Oh no, we wasted all this time and got all our people killed. Now we can't even fix the van because the van's dead. It's like, oh no, now we gotta walk away from the big bear. Like, And they're also walking back to the van at night, like talking and laughing and slowly strolling, even though Yuri's dead and Yuri told them don't be out at night. Yeah, nobody's going, hey, did you see what the fuck happened to Yuri? <laughs> <laughs> Can we? He was the special forces guy. The rest of us are just random white people. Like, can we not fucking like have a discussion briefly about what the fuck we just happened? But 
And then also, uh, when the Geiger counter starts going off and they're starting to lose their eyesight, they're like, well, let's just keep walking towards the yeah, radiation. We gotta go find fucking Zoe. We can see what Zoe thinks about this goddamn situation. She fell off a railing down 15 flights of stairs to the base of a nuclear reactor. But let's go see how she's doing. And also, sorry, I keep thinking of random things. Um, they find Yuri's body for sure because that's how they get the gun yeah. back. But then there's a random body hanging upside down that I think might have been Yuri later in the film. It was freshly bled. Like, it was covered in fresh blood. Yeah, and it's, like, just weirdly, like, hanging upside down. I'm like, I don't know if that's Yuri or if that's just a random dude. Like, what is that body? Who the, we where never, the fuck did that guy come never from? Never address it. It's just a random jump scare. They run into a body hanging upside down. It's so, such a clusterfuck. Can we... Did you learn anything? I think, um... It could have been a cool story, for sure. I, I do think it had. No. The, well, no, I mean, like, if it had been completely deconstructed and redone. It, written by somebody else, directed yeah, by somebody yeah. else, acted by somebody else. Like, <laughs> like I want the, the script. I want to read the script. Because like I bet you the script is fucking next level. <laughs> like, I will give them the concept of going we, into we spent this. $95 million or $950,000 on a goddamn CGI bear. <laughs> <laughs> the whole budget yeah, yeah, 50 grand to like haggle with hungarian peasants but i will admit like the concept of going into this disaster area um where this really traumatic thing happened and if you're going that route of there being some kind of spiritual malevolence from this yeah. you know horrible thing that's happened there's a potential i mean maybe cliche and overplayed but there is a potential cool story there for this negative spiritual energy in this place where something really horrible happened. But this was like the film that had a hundred ideas, didn't settle on any of them and crammed them all into one. Like, is it a ghost film? Is it a zombie film? Is it a government experimenting on the people film? And we're just going to shove it all in here. Is it a disaster movie? Yeah. And like, if if you're going to make a film, find one good idea or you're going to make a bug, whatever you're going to make. If you're going to make a thing, find one good idea to be your basis and build off of that. Don't just keep shoving more shit in You've if you can't figure it out. You've got time later to make other movies. You know, we can do Radiated Zombie Bear later, but we don't need them here. We don't yeah. need Pack of Rabid Dogs, Hound of the Baskervilles, you know, like going on. <laughs> In this movie, we don't need Yurig, the fucking uninformed special forces guy. <laughs> like we, we, there's so much fat to this fucking uh-huh. thing, and it should have been gutted at the three quarter point and rebuilt that whole ending to like make the rest of it make sense mm-hmm. for sure. You can't just keep sprinkling sprinkles on top of shit and hoping it's going to become ice cream. No, it just gets crunchier. <laughs> 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 that's my learning curve. Um, <laughs> if you guys would like to hit us up on Facebook, you can do so over at... Uh, Facebook.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. We can swing on over there to the Instagram. Check out our pictures because we've recently moved to Missoula, Montana, as some of you or all of you may know. And we're posting pictures constantly over on. Uh, that's at Nightmare Box Productions. You can swing on over to the Twitter where I am remaining inactive because I'm <laughs> irresponsible with social media accounts. Uh, 
at Nightmare Box Pro. Um, but if you guys have like a film you want us to watch, we can we'll, we'll try to find a way for like audience involvement and stuff. Um, so if you've got any thoughts on this one, any takeaways we might have missed, if you think that we're dumb because we didn't believe in radioactive bear and want to send <laughs> us a fucking five point essay about it, you can do so by sending us an email at nightmareboxproductions at gmail. Um, or you can go get my book and watch Kristen's film, The Dolls. That'll be on our website. You send me $10. I don't care where you are in the world. I will send you my book. You can do that over at... The Nightmare Box blog. Or you can just go directly over to Kristen's YouTube page, uh, which is youtube.com slash Kristen Pennington. I'm so proud of you. I try. <laughs> um, and you can watch her film reel that she's got building there and we're going to add more to that and very soon yeah and we've got a uh, upcoming podcast with my brother yaga malark and his buddy oni called the art of war gaming so if any of you guys are out there and you you like dnd or you like history or dnd or like historic battles or um what's the sword fighting belagarth mm-hmm. um Definitely go check that out. It's a really interesting show. We're just kind of working through a few last-minute kinks, and we'll be live on that one, too. And I love you. I love you. And I love you guys. We'll talk to you in a few days.